Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari. Glory. Just coming back. Hey guys and welcome to the 27th edition of the In The Sand Show. Today we're going to have a look at my mid-year AFL ladder predictions and we are joined with Australia's boxing featherweight champion Liam Pope. So let's get into the news. So to start my AFL ladder predictions, my mid-year AFL ladder predictions, we're going to start at the bottom of the table. Who I think I'm is going to come last, I've got West Coast in 18th. Uh, they're really tough here for the Eagles. I think they'll just edge one more game um, just of luck. Injury, injuries really hurt them, and I think with the injured, injured players back in the side, it'll give the young team a lot more experience, but they've copped some real tough losses. I think they should shift their attention to next season, pick up some key players to rebuild, pick up some young players as well. I know Harley Reid's in contention for the number one pick, and having him in that side would be really vital for them. Uh, just to build with him, build with him being the key player for them. Um, but just West Coast have just had a real tough year uh, so far, and I think it will continue. Hopefully they get one more win. I've got them getting just the one more win, um, and that's my 18th place. In 17th place, I've got North Melbourne. They had a cracking start to the season. They beat West Coast in round one, beat Freo over there in round two just by a point. Um and a really good start for a team that new coach, uh, Alistair Clarkson, come in. I think fixed it up a bit uh, in that North Melbourne. I think they played different brand of footy, brought in some key players, George Wardlaw, Harry Sheasel, a lot more in there as well. But they just started to hit the downfall after those two wins. Clarko left. Uh, they've got some talent, though. They can show they can play some real good footy and can keep up with some of the really big teams and... I remember the Collingwood-North Melbourne game. We ed we let them back in it in the last quarter, Collingwood. Uh, we killed them all game. But they showed that glimmer of hope. They go until the final siren, North Melbourne. I think that's really important for most sides um, that, that are towards the bottom of the table. I think a couple more plays will help, probably in the back line. But I still think they've got a, a lot of talent. And when Clarko comes back in, I think... Uh, they'll shift their attention to next year, finish off the game. Let's hope they can get a win. Uh, they're on a really bad losing streak at the moment. Um, but I think uh, next season we'll see North Melbourne maybe rise to the um, to the highest spots in the ladder. In 16th place, I've got Gold Coast. They've just lost Stewie Jew. They were predicted to make the finals this year, but with Took Miller out, it really hurt them. I think next year it will look good for them as well. And these sides that are towards the bottom of the table, rebuilding is going to be really key for them. 
Then Gold Coast, their midfield so good. Took Miller. They've got Matt Rowe, Noah Anderson, Jared Witts as a ruckman. They've got that power in there. They've just got to play with it. Um, and with all their players fit, it'd help them out so much. But uh, unfortunately not for them. In 15th place, I've got Hawthorne. They built some form uh, towards the start of the year and just recently beating some real big sides, some real big wins as well. They've got some talent as well. These teams all have talent. I think that's really important for all these sides. That they've got that talent. They've just got to play with it. They've got a couple young ones in there. Got to fix the team up a little bit, but uh, I'm sure um, they'll fix it up uh, as the season goes on. Let's hope they can get some wins as well. 14th spot, I've got Fremantle, a really lackluster year so far. They've just been off and on all year, but some real uh, real good sides, they've beat some real good sides, then lost to some really poor ones, and that North Melbourne game as well, uh, they just let North Melbourne run over them, which is uh, pretty poor for... Um, a Fremantle side that made the semi-finals last year against Collingwood. Um, they came in with some expectation. Most people expected them to drop off uh, as as the season went on, um, but not this far. 14th, I think, that where they'll place is just really, really poor. Um, and they've got some really good players as well. Caleb Strong, Andy Brayshaw, they're two real key ones. Um and they just need to put their performances together. They've got, a, and again, a team that's got a great side, a team that should have been better, uh, but unfortunately not. In 13th place, I've got Sydney. Again, a side that should have performed way better than they have so far. Last year, they made the grand final, and uh, the way they played last year, the way they made it to the grand final, they showed some real potential, um, some potential that would scare the league uh the uh, the next year and that's this year and, uh they haven't been showing any signs of the way they've been playing last year again injuries hurt them but a team that made the grand final last year should have performed way better but uh unfortunately not again and uh i think i'll see them in 13th spot in 12th spot i've got richmond they were projected top four uh at the start of the year haven't been that exciting losing to some Sides they really shouldn't have had 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 some real bad form um, with Dimmer leaving and McWalter in. He's brought a little bit of light to the side and a bit of light that I think Richmond fans are really liking. But with the introduction of Tim Taranto and um, Jacob Hopper, those two key players uh, coming to the Richmond side side was supposed to make such a big difference, but it hasn't. And um, I think that's one thing that's really uh, stuffed up. Richmond, I think more Hopper than Taranto. Taranto's been having some real big performances. Just Hopper hasn't been uh, performing to that expectation uh, through the year and then being injured as well. Again, I think Richmond will build on this next year. They're a side that can definitely build on uh, some tough losses and I think they'll do it next year. In 11th, I've got Geelong. Again, not the season they wanted. They won a flag last year and again, not many expected them to go real far into the top eight this year, but 11th spot, which where I've got him, is probably not where they wanted to be sitting. Uh, won a flag. Yeah, lost some players. Joel Selwood, that's a big one, and his influence on the side would have been huge, but they needed to build without him. Um, they were so dangerous last year. 
I don't think they can bring in much needed form towards the rest of the season, but um, I think they can uh, build on their losses, and uh, let's see how they go next year. In 10th spot, this is a really big shock to me uh, where I've got him. Where if I look at the start of the year, I would have said GWS towards the bottom of the ladder. With GWS, I've got him in 10th. They've had a great season for the start of a rebuild. Adam Kingsley's really fixed his club up next year. I think they'll be definitely a side. They'll be in finals. And Kingsley's brand of footy is going unnoticed. Um, but I think GWS are a side that's going really unnoticed as well. Uh, many predicted them to go to sit in around 16th, 17th, 18th, that spot uh, at the start of the year. They didn't look really exciting before the season started. Then big wins against Melbourne over in Alice Springs really uh, put them put them into a spot where fans didn't really think they uh, would have to, uh, maybe in contention for finals. But um, I don't think they'll make final, finals. I think they'll just miss, miss out. And I've got him in 10th. In 9th, I've got Carlton. And after a really long streak of losing matches, I think it's going to cost them for making finals. They've got a team, and I think they'll go on a bit of a winning streak. They're on a bit of a winning streak now, and I think it will continue. But uh, with the fans losing it, that that losing streak, I think that's going to cost them. And maybe they weren't deserving of making, making the top eight. Um, but I think they'll finish ninth again, miss out on finals, and that's that losing streak. I think really set the um, mindset of the players back. They said they didn't. The club said they didn't. Uh, Paddy Cripps also said they didn't as well. But uh, I think it really would have stuck in their head. Fans losing it, the whole social media rage. Um, it just wasn't good for the club. But I think they're building on this form now. Beat Port Adelaide last week, really big win as well. They really pumped them. Um, and I think it'll build up their confidence. I'll go on a bit of a winning streak. Wouldn't be surprised if they make finals, just maybe scrape it uh, on the last day of the season. Um, but I've got them in ninth. That wraps up my last 10 of my AFL season predictions. So thank you for listening to the In The Stand Show. I'll catch you after the break. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA, for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Welcome back to the In The Sand Show, and now we're going to have a look at my predicted top eight for the end of the AFL season. In eighth place for a pretty big call, I've gone with St Kilda. Their form at the moment is pretty rusty, real shaky. They lost some games they should really have won, but I think they'll pull a couple wins together and be a side that goes unnoticed through the rest of the season. Injuries may be hurting them at the moment, but after a couple players come in, I think they'll pull in some form. They don't have the hardest of runs in the next couple of rounds, but again, they are St Kilda, and if they're having an off day, they look like a really average side. Let's hope they can pull a couple wins together, get under their belt, make the eight. I think they'll just scrape the eight, get over... Get over the line, make it to finals. I don't think they'll go real far in finals. I think they'll go out straight away um, in the elimination final. But again, I think it'll be a successful season for Ross Lyon's side. In seventh spot, I've gone for Adelaide. Their run home is pretty tough, but when they play at the Adelaide Oval, they're a really dangerous side. They've got GWS, Gold Coast, Sydney, and West Coast. And I think 
If they win all those games, they really solidify a spot in the top eight for Matthew Nix. And I think their biggest worry is playing away. If they want to go far in the finals, winning away needs to happen. It's really important. And I think that's where they're the most vulnerable, especially from where they were predicted at the start of the year. They've shocked a lot of people. Give it a year or two. I think they're going to be an extremely dangerous side. The way they played against Collingwood a couple of weeks ago, kicked seven goals in the third quarter. They showed that they can pull something out of the bag. It's not predicted at all. And if that's in a finals game and they pull seven goals together, that could potentially get them to a prelim, get them to a grand final, uh, get them to the next round. I think that's really important. I think that's one thing Adelaide does really well. And they've got the players to do it as well. I think they'll finish seventh. And I think we'll see them go for a bit of a run in the final series. In the next position, I've got the Western Bulldogs. Looking at last week's game against Collingwood, they play a really exciting brand of footy. They've got a dangerous forward line. The lineup of Cody Waitman, Jamara Yugelhagen, and Aaron Norton. They're just so dangerous. They take so many big marks. And when that comes to finals and big moments come up where you need to kick goals or you're down by a couple goals, you need to kick a goal, um, Cody Waitman, Jamara, Aaron Norton, they can pull something out of the bag there. And especially against Collingwood, I think the issue for them was kicking straight. I think if they could kick straight, they would have beat us. Um, especially Jamari Gohagen and Aaron Norton. And they pose a huge threat to every side. Not only do they have that massive forward line, their whole side, midfield, back line, it's just dangerous. I think they deserve to spawn the top eight. And I think they'll keep up their great form. They'll head into the finals and it'll be really interesting to see how they go in the finals as well. Next, I've got Essendon in fifth. I think they'll play finals and finally they're going to make finals. I think Brad Scott has changed the whole dynamic of the Essendon Football Club. Changing for the better. They're finally winning games comfortably and stripped of a couple wins. That Port Adelaide win, just really unlucky. Dan Houston kicked that pretty big goal. And then against Collingwood, they ran us over for three quarters and didn't play the last. Um, I think that's going to be Probably their issue, just staying staying with sides for the whole game. Do not give them a sniff at all. And if they don't give them a sniff, you could see them go far in finals. And I think they definitely can. They've been pretty unlucky, but I think they'll make the finals. I think they'll just fall short of the top four. They've got the potential to be a top four side. They can beat top four sides. It's just a matter of them doing it. Their players are really stepping up. Zach Merritt, Darcy Parrish. They've been great for Essendon, and I think they're really leading the side. I think they'll play finals this year, and it'll be good to see where they go. In fourth spot, I've got Melbourne. They'll just make the top four. They're not in the greatest of form at the moment. They lost really winnable games to GWS and Geelong. I think they play their best footy at the MCG, and going away uh, to Alice Springs to play GWS um, and losing is just terrible, and it was a really low-scoring game. The conditions weren't great. And I think if that game was in Melbourne, the whole dynamic would be completely different. I think I think Melbourne would have won by at least 30 points. But it was up in Alice Springs, a condition they're not used to. And um, let GWS in it and uh, gave them a win that they really needed. And then the Geelong game, Geelong just ran over them. And I think that's that game against Geelong up in Geelong. It's just a game where they can't win. Um, and if they can't win, they need to win games in GWS to really solidify their spot in the top four and make them look like a dangerous side. But they lost that game. And they're a side that's got talent and they've got the talent to win a flag. 
But of course, injuries to Clayton Oliver, Bailey Fritch are definitely hurting them. But even without them, they should be winning these games. Got some really key players in there and players that are definitely worthy of winning grand final. I think they'll pick up some form, some much needed form, and I think they'll just make the top eight. In third spot, I've got Brisbane. Again, a side that if not Port or Collingwood were in the league, they'd be premiership favourites, of course. They're so dangerous at the Gabba and they play some really exciting brand of footy, but they play a brand of footy that's really unstoppable as well. They have a moderately hard run home where they could drop some games, especially that game to Collingwood at Marvel. But last time they those two played each other at Marvel, um, Zach Bailey kicked one on the siren and that game's going to be really interesting. Uh, Brisbane play some really good footy at Marvel and um, I think they could def- definitely shock Collingwood. But I think playing at the MCG, it just really annoys them. They're going to have to fix this up and especially if they want to make it far in the finals because most finals will be at the G and against Melbourne sides. They need to fix it up. Against Hawthorne, they played nothing like they normally play. They just let Hawthorne run them over. And I think if they want to be a side that uh, that wants to go far in the finals, make the grand final, they need to win games at the G. And uh, I think that's been something that's hurt them a lot. In second, I've got Port Adelaide. They're just a really, really top side, especially at the Adelaide Oval. They play some great footy, and I think they're a side that should be at the grand final at the end of the year. The way Zach Butters and Connor Rosie have just stepped up as young players and been really pivotal for the side. Really young players, kicking some really important goals, stepping up um, in the midfield, obviously. They've really been great for Port Adelaide, and I think their two players are really leading them into that uh, top two position and definitely should make the grand final at the end of the year. In first spot, I've got Collingwood. Collingwood are just having a great year so far and dropping wins to Brisbane at the Gabba and Melbourne on Big Freeze Day where they didn't play anywhere like they normally play. And those two games we've lost, um, we haven't been playing our footy we normally play. And I think if we do play the footy we play, we win. And we win comfortably. And I think one thing we need to fix up is we let teams back in the North Melbourne game, the Western Bulldogs game. Uh, we let them back in, and we should have won both games by 40-plus points. But we let them back in, and we let, give them some momentum. Um, and uh, it's it's not it's not good. In a grand final, in a final situation, those teams are going to pounce on that opportunity. And Collingwood need to really solidify if that solidified those points and get, gain them up to um, really scare the other teams and not give them an inch. Um, and I think that's something Collingwood has uh, been not been doing great at the moment. The game against Port Adelaide in a couple of weeks, that's going to be really good. That's up in Adelaide. The last time those two teams faced each other was round two and Collingwood just blew Port Adelaide out. They played for maybe a quarter port and then Collingwood just played some really, really great footy. Uh, that game's just going to be uh, a, a game to see who's going to go top of the ladder. But I think both those sides will have home finals at the end of the year. Collingwood playing some really good footy. I think they just need to play all four quarters the way they play most of the game because especially that first quarter and that last 10 minutes against Western Bulldogs, we just let them play. And uh, that's something we can't can't be letting teams do. But that wraps up my top eight predictions for the end of the AFL season. So thank you for listening to the In The Stand show. After the break, you'll be joined with Liam Pope for an interview about his last fight against Nesta Bloom for the Australian featherweight 
titles. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break. Called TAD to remodel my place. Said I wanted it to be that kind of place. Knee deep in the reno, sinking in our fights. Other shonky builders waking me up at night. And Adam plays the boss man. He listens to the customer Don't you remember He built this kitchen He built this kitchen with T-A-D We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T-A-D We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T-A-D Welcome back to the In The Sand Show, and now we're joined with Australia's newly crowned featherweight champion, Liam Pope. So, Liam, how are you going? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm great. Great. So, first question, last fight, you got the split decision victory against Nesta Bullum to win the Australian featherweight title. How do you think you performed, and what did it mean to you? I think um, I think I, I performed quite well. Um, uh, you know, I... I I did what I needed to do, I believe, and I, I, I think, um, I think, the way I performed was uh, was a good reflection on myself, um, and that I can do what I need to do, and um, you know, it meant it meant a lot to me. You know, I, a lot of I had a lot of um, a lot of battles in the last twelve months, and um, and it was just really good to get that win, and um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So. What's next for you? Would you look to take on the winner of Luke Boyd and Dana Coolwell, or would you go another route? Uh, um, I'm definitely going to go another another route. Um, Dana Coolwell's uh, he's a he's my stable mate, so I, I I train day in and day out with Dana Coolwell, and um, and yeah, I, I, there's there's no way I'm I'm fighting Dana. I'll put it that way. Um, he's he's an absolute beast, you know, and and um, I'm not a I'm not a usual featherweight, so um, I'd, I'd like to campaign at Super Bantamweight, which is a division down. Yeah. Um, however, you know, the opportunity came up and um, I took it with both hands and, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to fight Luke Boyd, though, um, after Dana Kilwell beats him. I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to take that fight. That'd be a, that'd be an, a fun fight and uh, probably a fan favourite fight because, yep. you know, Luke Boyd always turns up and he comes to fight and he's got a great record. Yeah, so you fought six fights. Which one's your favourite, and why? It's got to be. It's got to be that Australian title fight against Nesta Bolum. You know, yeah. um, it means it means the most to me as well because, like I said, um, we had a, I had a lot of um, I had a lot of battles in the in the six in the pre, in the six months before the fight. So it was um, it was very refreshing to get that win, and um, and obviously it's it's my my highest achievement as a professional to date. So. Yep. Yeah, definitely, definitely the the fight against Nesta Bolum. Okay, so you you only lost, you suffered a defeat to Eric Sokolov. What do you think you learned from that fight, and how do you take that into your fights now? Oh, geez, um, oh, 
to tell you the truth, um, I didn't fight my fight against Eric Sokolov for starters. Um, I got caught into his fight, um, yeah. and there were also a few other few other things that played a part in that loss. And um, and I and I took away a, a lot from that fight. Like, um, you know, I went through a bit of adversity with um, I broke my hand and um and and I had nerve damage uh, due to a punch in the third round. And um and look, I had to I had to just buckle down and and get through that fight and um i fought another seven rounds with uh with a broken hand and i end up getting surgery on my um uh yeah uh, a couple of weeks after that um due due to a punch and and you know uh yeah okay yeah so last question what's your goal for your boxing career look man i'm i'm quite realistic in in my goals and i just um i just take take small steps at a time so look um my next my goal is just to just to keep progressing and keep keep winning keep winning fights you know um we've i've hopefully you know got a bright future ahead and um and i i just want to just want to stay grounded and and you know stay um stay on the right path you know um and i'm sure you know whatever the future holds i'll be i'll be ready for it Okay, so that wraps up all the questions. Thank you, Liam, for joining me today. And I wish you the best luck for the rest of your boxing career. Awesome, legend. Thank you very much for having me. That wraps up the In The Stand show for this week. So thank you for listening to the In The Stand show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Colin would win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamar Ugalhagen. Kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamal. Glory. It's coming back.